Luke 14, verse 15. When you get it, say, got it. it. All right, let's pray and we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you tonight. We thank you for this good word. I pray that you would help these words to speak to us, to speak to our heart, dear Lord, that we would hear what, what, what we need to hear, dear Lord. Maybe there's a way that you want to work in our life or something that you need to deal with in our life. And I pray, God, that anytime we read your word, whether it's here uh, as a group or whether it's on our own, dear Lord, that we grow in it. So I pray, God, that we would give you our full attention, that we won't be sidetracked, that we won't be making a bunch of noise, dear Lord, that we won't be daydreaming, that we won't be uh, talking, we won't be doing this, that, and the other. But, God, we would give you our full, undivided attention. So I pray, God, that you bind the enemy from this place to keep us from being distracted. And I pray, God, that you would lead us and and be with us as we look at your word tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. In the verses before this, uh, you'll notice in your Bible, uh, if you have a red letter Bible, that there's a lot of red letters there. So a lot of what is being said here is spoken uh, by Jesus. And he had been talking about a banquet, a wedding banquet, uh, talking about the place of honor in the verses before the ones we're going to look at tonight. And, and, and he's followed up on that theme of the wedding banquet, and he had talked about don't sit in the place of honor. Don't, don't presume that you are the, the biggest, best guest there, because if you do that, then perhaps the person who is throwing the party will come to you and say, uh, I'm going to need to ask you to move because there's somebody else that needs to be sitting here in the place of honor. So Jesus says, look, you sit at the back, and if the person who is throwing the party sees you back there, and they want to come and ask you to come sit in the place of honor, let it be. And he makes the point that those who are first shall be last, and those who are last uh, shall be first. And so he's kind of on that theme of the wedding banquet, uh, and he continues on with this idea of a banquet here in Luke uh, chapter 14, verse 15. Let's read. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, The one who will eat bread in the kingdom of God is blessed. Now, that's an interesting statement, and it's kind of hard for us to really figure out exactly what this person meant by saying that. It appears to me as though that this person heard Jesus uh, giving this parable, talking about these things, and he got it, or she got it, whoever said it, I guess it's a he. Uh, got it and realized what Jesus was talking about there. They, they realized that Jesus was talking about the kingdom of heaven. And they spoke here that the one who gets to eat a bread at the table at the kingdom of heaven, that one is blessed. And that is true. Those of us who are God's children, not that there will be literal bread in heaven, although there may be, I don't know what will be there. But the point is, it will be a blessed place for those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There were some of Jesus' day that caught on to these parables that Jesus said, that caught on to the things that Jesus was trying to teach them, that he was trying to point them toward the kingdom of God. He wasn't just talking to them about proper etiquette when they go to a party. No, Jesus was talking about something much greater. He was talking about uh, the very idea of being a humble servant of God and and being part of God's kingdom as this gentleman uh, recognized here and he, he, he recognized correctly that those who are part of God's kingdom when that day comes, are going to be blessed. In verse 16, Jesus continues on. Then he told them, A man was giving a large banquet and invited many. At the time of the banquet, he sent his slave to tell those who were invited, Come, because everything is now ready. 
but without exception, they all begin to make excuses. So uh, we're, we're on this theme of a, of a banquet. There's a, a party, a, a big dinner, or we could maybe think of it that way to help us wrap our head around what's going on. There's a big feast that's been prepared. There's a big dinner that's been prepared. There's a party that's going on, and uh, the person who prepared the party and prepared the dinner, prepared the banquet, sent his slave out and said, all right, go tell the people to come. Everything is prepared. Everything is ready to go. And so the slave goes and does as he is commanded, and he goes out and he tells the people. But it says that the people begin to make excuses. Let's read a little further. But without exception, they all begin to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. I ask you to excuse me. Now, isn't that interesting? Either this guy is is just a fool, or he is a liar. Who would buy a field without going to see it first? But he says, oh, oh, I purchased this field. I've, I've got to go see it. I've got to go look at it. I've got to go check on it. So he said, would you excuse me from being able to go? Now, either he was a fool for buying a field or land without looking at it, or he was just a liar and he didn't have any uh, land to go look at. He just didn't want to go to the banquet. Uh, but that begs the question as we look at these excuses that we will see, why wouldn't you want to go? If somebody had prepared for you a magnificent feast, a magnificent get-together, and you didn't have to pay for it, you didn't have to provide anything, all of you had, all you had to do was show up and just accept the invitation and go to the banquet and go to the feast, why wouldn't you want to do that? But this first person in the story here made the excuse. Uh, he was uh, more concerned about things of the world, that is, his uh, field that he was going to check out. In verse 19, another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm, giving, uh, and I'm going to try them out. I also ask you to excuse me. Here is a, yet another excuse for someone who is passing up a wonderful, fully provided for banquet by saying, Well, I can't come. Please excuse me because I've got these new oxen. I, I need to go and try them out. Uh, This person had let uh, their work get in the way of coming to the banquet. One had let their possessions get in the way of coming to the banquet. The other uh, had let their work get in the way of coming to the banquet. Let's read on a little further. And another said, I just got married and therefore I'm unable to come. So here we have three excuses that kind of cover three different areas of life. Uh, This particular excuse had to do with a relationship. Well, I I need to go be with my husband or need to go be with my wife. We just got married. I'm sorry, I can't come to the banquet. Now, these are pretty flimsy excuses, really. These are pretty flimsy excuses because in any of these cases, any of them could have come. Which of these excuses that they gave could not have waited a few hours or could not have waited till the next day? Well, they all could have waited. After all, if you just got married, you still got to eat, whether you are newly married or been married 50 years. What would it hurt to go take a few minutes out to go to the banquet, to go to the feast? What would it hurt to wait till tomorrow to go check out the land that you have purchased? Is it going anywhere? Well, not likely. Uh, or is the work going to be there for your new ox to do tomorrow? Well, absolutely it is going to be there. The excuses that were given uh, were, not, were not very good excuses at all. But the point is, is that the people had no, uh, no care for going to the banquet. 
They didn't want to go. They simply did not want to go. No matter how good it was, no matter how well it had been prepared for them, no matter that there was nothing required for them, they simply chose to reject the invitation that was given. In verse 21, So the slave came back and reported these things to his master. Then in anger, the master of the house told his slave, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the city and bring in, uh, bring in here the poor, maimed, blind, and lame. Verse 22, Master, the slave said, What you ordered has been done, and there's still room. Then the master told the slave, Go out into the highways and lanes and make them come in so that my house may be filled, for I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will enjoy my banquet. So there was an invitation to one group first, and the first group rejected the invitation, and they rejected their invitation to come to the banquet. As a result, the banquet hall, the house, as it says here, was left empty, but the master desired for the house to be filled. So he sent his slave out and says, Look, go tell anybody you can see to, to come on in. Go tell the poor and the lame and the maimed, the, the, the lowest of society, the ones that everybody else uh, would write off. Tell them to come into the banquet. I will provide for them. I want them to come. The slave did that. And he said, Master, there's still room. There's still room. And he said, Go out into the streets, into the highways, into the hedges, into the lanes, into the alleys, wherever you can go and find a person and you invite them to come because the banquet has been prepared and everyone is invited. But those who were invited first that rejected, they will not get to enter the banquet. Now, this is a beautiful story for us because, it's, because it points us toward God Himself and what He has provided for us. That He has provided for us fully through Jesus Christ. Now, when it talks about those who are invited first, it's talking about the Jewish people, the people of the bloodline of Israel, the ones whom Jesus came from. Jesus was from the Jews. And so salvation, as we saw and talked about uh, Sunday in John 4.22, salvation was from the Jews, but many of the Jews rejected Jesus. Even though Jesus came preaching the message, the good news, even though all of the disciples that came after him continued to preach the good news and the message, uh, many of the Jews rejected that. They were invited to come into the salvation that was going to come through Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins that was going to come through Jesus Christ, so that they would spend an eternity with God in heaven. But they rejected the invitation. They rejected the Savior. And as a result, God spread His grace and mercy past the Jews to everyone. That's you and I. That's anybody else in the world. God said, I want everybody to come. I want my house to be filled. Now that, I think, shows us a lot about God's heart. God desires to be with us. God desires to be with humanity. He desires to meet our needs, to provide for us, to take care of us. And all we have to do is accept the invitation that is Jesus Christ's death on the cross. And this is a beautiful story that reminds us of the history of those who rejected God, but also the, the grace and the mercy that is, that is passed on to you and I. Now the question that we have to ask is, are we going to reject the invitation? While it may be speaking of the Jews rejecting the invitation as those who rejected first, uh, that spreads to everyone else too. 
There are plenty in this world who have rejected God's invitation. They have rejected Jesus Christ. They make all kind of excuses as to why they shouldn't come to Jesus Christ or as to why they don't want to come to Jesus Christ or maybe they will come to Jesus Christ later. But no excuse that we make is good enough. Any excuse that we can come up with for rejecting Jesus Christ, for rejecting God's Word, for rejecting God's instruction, for rejecting uh, God uh, forgiving us of our sins and blessing us with His grace, any excuse that we come up with is pretty flimsy. But we may come up with them all the time. Perhaps there are some in this room that are coming up with excuses to reject God, to, to not do God's work. Maybe you've already become a Christian, you've already accepted Jesus Christ, but maybe you're making excuses on how to get out of God's work. Now, sometimes these, these passages may be preached to, to say, well, uh, we shouldn't make excuses to miss church. Well, if God convicts you of that uh, in these words, then so be it if the Holy Spirit convicts you in that way. But that's not what these passages are talking about. Uh, these passages are not guilting us into making excuses for not coming to church. Uh, these passages are, are drawing us to something so much deeper. And if we only uh, look at the passages in that way, uh, then we've totally missed the point. If we only look at the passages in that way, then uh, we really aren't doing any better than the Pharisees of Jesus' day. That's really what they did. They missed the point of so many of the things that Jesus said. They were trying to tie it to something in their life, something surface level, something that was going to make them feel justified in themselves. And we may be tempted with passages like this to do the same thing, to say, oh, oh I shouldn't miss church, I, I shouldn't make excuses. Because when we do that, we totally miss the point of what the passage is talking about. God is not talking about missing church here. God is talking about missing Jesus. Now, there are many people who don't make any excuses that are at church every Sunday, but they've still missed Jesus. And so what good will that do any of us? Well, it will do us no good whatsoever. What God is calling us to in these passages, what Jesus is calling us to, is he's telling us not to miss the invitation. God has invited us to come freely to Jesus Christ to accept everything that's been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And all we have to do is accept the invitation. But we have that decision to make. Are we going to be excuse makers? Are we going to be those who reject the one that the master sent? Are we going to reject the very son that is Jesus Christ? Are we going to accept him? Are we going to fill the house of God? Or are we going to be those who the invitation was given, but we've passed it up and it was too late? Let us not be those that missed Jesus Christ and the invitation that was given by his death on the cross. But let us be those who accept Jesus Christ and are forever in God's house for all of eternity, fully provided for by him, greater than we could ever imagine. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for these uh, words. I pray that you would just uh, help them to touch our heart. If there's something we need to hear or grow from, dear Lord, tonight, I pray that you would help us to, to hear it, to grow from it. Dear Lord, if these verses convict us, maybe we are making excuses. God, whatever it may be, God, your Holy Spirit will convict us and let the, let the work, uh, word work in us and how it needs to. So I pray that you would just help us to be able to discern, to be able to hear uh, what you're saying, dear Lord, to listen to your word and to let it uh, work in our lives. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to take this word with us as we leave tonight that we would tuck it away in our heart and that we would uh, remember it and you would call it to our spirit, call it to our mind, call it to our heart, dear Lord, when the time is right. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.